Welcome to our website and another recorded sermon. As I begin, I'll refer to something Paul wrote in the first Corinthian letter. Now, when I say Corinthian, or when I talk about the church at Corinth, Bible students form an immediate picture. This was a troubled church. A variety of issues had to be addressed by Paul, and there is a sound or tone of urgency in the first Corinthian letter. Uh, This wasn't like, hey folks, you need to do a little better work over there. No, Paul said about several things, if I may paraphrase, this is just wrong. You can't do this. You are guilty and God isn't pleased. Well, part of Paul's response was to remove any false sense of security. If you just assume that you have immunity, if you think because you have been baptized and are now meeting with a group of Christians, you are not vulnerable, listen to me. That's the idea we get from this passage in 1 Corinthians 10. That's the kind of idea Paul is responding to. He doesn't want these people to think that everything is okay and they've got immunity because they've been baptized. 1 Corinthians 10, I'm reading verses 1 through 22. 1 Corinthians 10, I'm reading verses 1 through 22. Paul said, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them God was not pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? 
The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who ate the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything? Or that an idol is anything? No. I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? When there is a movement away from God into sin, one of the deceptions that can occur is to think that you're okay when you're not okay. And that can be labeled as a false sense of security. Deceiving yourself into thinking that you are immune, that once you are saved, you are always saved. Do you hear Paul responding to that? He says, I do not want you to be unaware. And then he recounts some history, some history that really has a clear point. What happened to your fathers should be a warning that you are not immune. He says, now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. And then Paul brings us that history and says to the guilty in Corinth, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. The main thrust of this is obvious. Paul is writing to them here in an effort to remove any false sense of security. While God is faithful and you will not be tempted beyond your ability, don't play around with that thinking you are exempt or immune. Paul is addressing any false sense of security. And the text ends on a very sharp tone. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Now, could this still be a problem today? Is it possible to drift away from the Lord and in that movement away from him, the deception occurs where we think we have some immunity, a false sense of security? Let's address that. I'll come back to our text in 1 Corinthians later. What I want to do is offer a story, a passage, a reality, and a warning. And then I'll close with a powerful passage about authentic security. I'm addressing in this sermon a false sense of security about our salvation. If you have ever heard or encountered the popular doctrine of once saved, always saved, we will be using Scripture to answer that. First, I have a story to share with you, and this is from 2 Samuel 11, verses 1 through 5. It's familiar, 2 Samuel 11, <clears throat> verses 1 through 5. In the spring of the year, 
The time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabah. David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house, and he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. Well, this has to be one of the saddest stories in the Bible of David's fall into adultery and the sin that followed, which might be called the cover-up of having her husband killed in battle. You know, part of this may well be when a man reaches a certain position of prominence or power, he can let his guard down. A sense of power can gradually develop that is deceiving. Arrogance and pride is the pathway away from humble service to God. It has happened to preachers who were well-known, good orators, knew scripture, highly respected, but may have adopted some form of perceived immunity, a false sense of security. David's story should cause each of us to reject any sense or idea that we are eternally secure no matter what we do, that we are so high, so much better than others, so strong that we are immune. Next, I have a passage. This is Hebrews 2 and verse 1. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. One of the traffic hazards that we hear about a lot today is people on their cell phones looking down at that screen, not paying attention to the road, drifting into the car in the lane next to them or oncoming traffic. And the warnings are, in just a few seconds that you look down at that screen, your vehicle can travel the distance of a football field. Just taking your eye off the road, not paying close attention, you can drift into tragedy. Spiritually, that is true. The danger punctuated in this passage means in small, almost undiscernible steps, we can drift away from the Lord. It is not that you get up one day and decide to leave the Lord and jump suddenly back into sin with full intention. Small, almost undiscernible steps away from the Lord, drifting into eternal tragedy. This passage should alert us to the danger of any false sense of of security. So we've got a story. We've got a passage. Now here's a reality in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. 
This is a familiar passage, and sometimes familiarity can be a problem. So here's a danger to give heed to. I read this passage and I say to myself, yes, the devil is out there. I can see that every day by the way he tempts and deceives all these other people. There he goes, the roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Someone, but not me. See, that's the problem. Seeing what the passage says as it pertains to everybody else, but me. So may I recommend we read it like this. I need to be sober-minded. I need to be watchful. He is my adversary. He is a prow- he's prowling like a roaring lion seeking to devour me. Make it personal. And that's part of avoiding this false sense of security. Now I'm back to that warning. In 1 Corinthians 10, Paul wanted the members of the church at Corinth to avoid any false sense of security or immunity and he recounts the history of their ancestors and their fall into idolatry, and he really is saying, this could happen to you. You need to believe this could happen to you. Listen to part of this again. I'm in 1 Corinthians 10. Uh, I'm at about verse 6 now. These things took place as examples for us, Paul said, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and uh, 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did, nor grumble as some of them did. Then he says in verse 11, These things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Then he says in verse 12, Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Have you ever heard someone say, It could never happen to me. Or have you heard someone say, or have you said to yourself, I would never do that? May we be cautious about boasting. Even if we do not vocalize the boasting, if we think we are immune, we are better than those who've fallen, it could never happen to me. Paul says, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So, Brother Berkeley, Are you saying we have no security? Oh, no. I'm addressing the fallacy of a false sense of security. I believe, however, there is a true sense of security Christians have, an authentic reason for joy, hope, and peace. And there is a chapter in the New Testament that informs our security, Romans chapter 8. I want you to listen to some of this. Paul, remember now, is writing to Christians. This is Romans 8, 18 through 39. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing 
with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us with our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom He predestined, He also called, and those whom He called, He also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now this is real. This is the valid reason for Christians to rejoice in peace and have security. 
But let me ask, what had Paul said to the recipients of this epistle prior to this discourse on hope and security? Well, he told them in chapter 6 to walk in newness of life. He told them in the early part of chapter 8 to walk according to the Spirit. Back in verse 14, all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And inside this text we've read, who has this hope? Who has this peace and confidence and security? Verse 28 says, those who love God. My security, your security, lies in the faithfulness of God and the salvation that God provides in Christ revealed by the Holy Spirit. This is true, solid, authentic security for the saved who are walking in newness of life, who are being led by the Spirit, who love God, who graciously gives us all things. Sometimes under pressure of temptation, we take a few steps away from serving God, and in our minds, little tricks are played. Deception the devil wants us to buy into, and we may begin to think that we're okay. We've been baptized. We engage in worship, all of that. And we just continue that drift under the pretense that we enjoy immunity. A false sense of security can send us further away from the Lord. Paul's words ought to be important to us. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. But there is a true sense of security children of God have in Christ. Those who love God and walk in newness of life enjoy reading Romans 8, knowing this hope and peace communicated by God is our security and our defense against any thoughts of immunity. May each of us take heed lest we fall. Thank you for being with us.